All right, guys, today I am with Kara, Alex, and Aaron. We are going to talk about some of the mental aspects in life, sport, fitness, health, all of those kinds of good things. Um, Alex brings his professional background, and then the rest of us are going to add in something. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we're going to see how it goes. But hopefully, we just hopefully we just have a good discussion on um, some of the mental aspects that we see as health providers that Aaron sees in the gym, and then you know when you should seek out help, what help looks like, and, and some of those types of things. Um, and and I think uh, some of the stuff that I've been interested in is not just like crisis help, but just optimizing the way you feel and, and kind of making decisions through the day. So. Let's see where it takes us. Yeah. Alex, go. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be back. Glad to. I'm like wearing a different hat today. And clothes. And clothes, yeah. <laughs> I got the political hat and then literally the different clothes. Um, so last time I talked a lot about kind of just life in the bike world and all that. But um, I come from a pretty long uh, mental health background. I started um, in undergrad back in 05. Um, my credentials are what's called a clinical counselor. So I hold a state license through Ohio um, as a licensed independent clinical counselor. And then I have a secondary license um, called a independent chemical dependency license. So I kind of hold a specialty both in behavioral health services and chemical dependency services. Um, and then uh, recently, last year, got my MBA in um, healthcare administration. So run a program at a local hospital here in the Cleveland area. And um, yeah, just kind of like been around <laughs> in a lot of different um, areas from outpatient services to inpatient services and basically everything in between from adolescents to adults. So yeah, that's a, I guess a quick and dirty kind of summary of 15 years. <laughs> yeah. So what are you doing currently right now? Currently, um, and for about the past uh, five years, I work in what's called an uh, um, intensive outpatient program. Uh, means that people seek services, um, they come daily, they're enrolled in the program for about two months. Um, they, they attend daily for a few hours a day, and we go over basically um, different types of topics in group therapy. Um, each hour is a new topic that's discussed. Um, we work a lot in what's called cognitive behavioral therapy skill development, so CBT. A lot of people are hearing that now, like you hear like apps that are um, kind of coming out with a lot of basic um, rudimentary like CBT skills. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of dive into that a little bit deeper, kind of basically equip people with a lot of different types of coping strategies, give them a place to talk, um, do some processing, get some medication management through some professionals at the hospital. Um, and then eventually work on discharging and then titrating them down through some outpatient services. Are there different sizes of groups? Well, yeah. So we've, um, right now, I, I, you know, I'm sure we can get into it too. COVID has just been a whiplash of changes over the past two years. Um, I would say in the past, it kind of averaged around 12 to 15 is your average group therapy size. Um, we've, we've like doubled that and wow. added second groups and have kind of doubled the census in those group, groups too. So we're working on expanding not only um, in kind of the downtown location, but uh, on both in the east and west side suburbs as well and adding multiple locations there. So we're still trying to shoot for that like 12 to 15 individuals in a group setting um, just so everybody has like a chance to <laughs> talk, you know. Um, but yeah, we've just really have really kind of been bursting at the seams with people who are really looking for some behavioral health services right now. So is each group have kind of um, its own subcategory? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, in the past, so a lot of times to make sure we're addressing the needs of the people in the group, um, we'll basically go through like a formal intake process. Um, if people seem to be kind of struggling more with substance use services, we'll put them in that group. Um, if people are kind of expressing more, maybe on the depressive anxiety side of symptoms, we'll place them in another group and then we'll kind of tailor the skill development groups um, for each session kind of based on what those cohort of uh, individuals are experiencing. Interesting. So, so cool. What, uh, yeah, so like along those lines, what kind of people seek, seek you out mostly? <clears throat> 
I like that question because I think a lot of times people are pretty unfamiliar with like what group therapy looks like. And you'd be surprised how many individuals actually seek out group in that format. Um, it is everyone from people who are on maybe having a, a, a gap of employment or maybe have really struggled to, to, to find a job all the way up to, you know, probably what you would categorize as like higher functioning individuals, doctors, lawyers, teachers. I mean, it's a, it's a wide spectrum. And honestly, that makes for a really good group dynamic. I mean, people who come from different backgrounds speaking the same language about having the similar types of, you know, struggles, um, it really actually can really benefit the group dynamic and conversation. So, I mean, to answer the question, it's everybody, you know. What's the difference between, you know, going and seeing like a psychologist and going to the hospital for group set for a group setting? Yeah, that's, um, that's another good thing I think that can be kind of confusing. There's all these titles in the mental health world, right? Psychiatrist, psychologist, social worker, counselor. Um, basically, we kind of do variations of, of similar types of things. Um, you know, going to individual therapy gives the person an opportunity to have maybe a little bit more focus on something that they might be going through. And oftentimes, I think that's a place where a lot of people start. But maybe you're having a hard time really getting, you know, through some of those issues. Group can be a great opportunity just to kind of give a little bit more attention to that. Um, so I, I guess to kind of like summarize it, um, you know, you can seek out services for, you know, individual appointments, really kind of hone in on what's going on. And you can get those needs met through independent social workers, psychologists, counselors, um, we all provide the same types of services in outpatient programs. So <clears throat> I guess, you know, on my side for, for most of our clients, right. There's, uh, there's the person that is dealing with high levels of anxiety and depression. And then the, there's also this side of just like, you know, maybe we're not at a clinical level, but like to feel better. would like to perform better, like to make better life choices, what kind of resources are out there for the person just kind of struggling on the day to day or just looking to improve it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, general self-improvement, you know, can be done um, in outpatient therapy, like one-on-one -on -one types of things. You don't have to have like a specific diagnosis or expect to be like diagnosed with blank. I mean, doesn't really matter. I mean, when you come in and sit down, you talk about what's going on and what types of, you know, struggles you might be having in the moment. Um, so you can, you know, have what's called short term sessions. I mean, maybe it's like six sessions and CBT really lends itself to working on things in a short, short term kind of way, right? Um, right now, what we're our goal is to try to capture people who might be experiencing things like that is a lot of social workers, clinical counselors are getting paired up in uh, primary care physician offices. So those are great front lines to be met with somebody who might be saying like, listen, I'm going to work, you know, I can get the job done. Um, but it's just like, it just seems like I'm not at my best right now. Um, that's a great resource for a primary care physician to say like, hey, we got um, some access to social workers and counselors right now. And maybe it's like six sessions just to kind of strategize or game plan and really give some focus or attention to it or just have different types of conversations that maybe other people in your support circle, you just don't really feel comfortable getting that detailed with it. Um, talking to a professional can be a great place to just kind of really kind of open up a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So essentially anybody could kind of walk in and mm -hmm. get service. They don't need a physician note or. Right. No, not at all. Yeah. You, there's so many different types of ways you can do that. There's private practices in your community. Um, Psychology Today, which is like a just kind of big catch-all website for news articles. It's kind of lighthearted and stuff like that, but they do offer some like professionals in the area that a lot of people link up to. Um, and you can go private practice and, you know, just basically take it session by session. But yeah, you don't have to be like have a, a formal kind of path. I've always, you know, I'm coming from like that medical background where I will probably speak to that a lot, but you don't have to have that like ticket to enter, you know, yeah. that makes sense. 
Aaron, I know you guys are doing some stuff at the gym, mm-hmm. uh, kind of along those same lines. Like, what kind of things are you seeing, and what kind of things have you been doing at, at the gym? Yeah, so uh, typically, like what we see is a lot of those cases that maybe maybe the people aren't like quite at a clinical setting just yet, or maybe they feel like they have some of their stuff together and like some of their stuff like that they struggle with like habits and daily habits things that affect like their health long term but they just can't seem to like make a shift or make a change and you know how they see themselves or what they see themselves doing every day so uh, really what we try to provide it, it at least it at our gym is uh access to some mental health professionals that you know can help them with eating habits uh sleeping habits daily habits you know uh i think some people that they come in at least to our gym um you know they they are here for a reason and it's not because they just they want to get fit and have fun but they themselves have had trouble making changes on their own so they've seeked professional advice um and i think like fitness has provided them like an outlet and it's one piece of the pie but i think the bigger piece of the pie is like the mental health and you can web off again like what alex just said you can web off in a lot of different areas with this stuff um you know some people struggle with substance abuse uh you know some people maybe have experienced things they have you know PTSD. So like the list goes on and on. And like, that's going to obviously have an impact on how they eat, how they sleep, how they work out, or do they even see themselves as being capable of like making a life change that gets them to a healthier spot. So what we're trying to do is link up with, with mental health professionals to try to almost, I I think there's a stipulation like in the in the public that like, Hey, I don't need to see a therapist. Like if I see a therapist, that means I'm like really struggling, but I think more people could or should be open to therapy than what there are now. Um, I personally see a therapist. It, it's helped me tremendously, but, uh, we're also trying to bring down the barrier in which like, Hey, where do I go? Like, who do I turn to? I have no, I I don't know where to start. Uh, So that's another thing that we're trying to help people with is just getting started. Um, And then leaving it up to guys like Alex to, you know, work his magic. Man, there's a lot of insight and a lot to to unpack in that and what you just said. But I love that that vision of like the people that are coming to your gym are, are looking for that guidance. And then yeah, how did the mental side of that is so important? And, and I think the reason we wanted to all get together was that whether we had, we did a podcast with Alex and then we did a podcast with Aaron and both of the podcasts started with separate topics, but they ended up at this like mental health. And we're like, all right, we got to get the whole crew together here. Like, <laughs> what's the, and I think if I correlate it to my world of physical therapy, you know, you got these people that are in like post-surgery rehab physical therapy. And then you got super performers, right? They're just at the type, top of their game. But like everybody, most of us at least live somewhere in between where we're not broken, but we're also not performing as well. So, you know, we try to hit that gap, right? Of, re, you know, helping people optimize. Where is that in the mental health world, right? Like, like there's clinical depression and then there's what Aaron's talking about. How... Yeah. I mean, Alex, Aaron, Kara, like, how do we serve where I, I would consider, I would put myself in that category of like, man, there's some things that I could do to improve my mental game. Where's that live, Alex? What do you think? So I think there, it's funny because I use a lot of like exercise type analogies when mm-hmm. like working with individuals. Um, and I totally agree that, you know, in a lot of ways, people kind of fall in the middle and in all, I think both of our works, things are just so much on a spectrum, right? Of how people are maybe coming to you, right? Mm-hmm. How they walk in the door. Um, and I think we've always said just kind of meeting people where they're at, you know? And that's a term that we use quite regularly. Um, so like, how, 
how do we kind of fill that gap is kind of seeing where people are and um, basically just kind of really trying to vision out what does functioning look like and maybe that conversation looks like the same as like mobility as it does with like daily performances and things like that but like where are we breaking down at mm -hmm. and what are we really struggling with and for some you know it I think there's a really kind of foundational thing that sometimes needs repairing you know and to to offer different types of techniques to basically get in the rhythm again you know revisit these skills again if it's literally you know physical movement or these these behavioral change skills um i think it kind of mends those cracks a little bit and we start to rebuild you know people's personal foundations i i have very little knowledge in your world what what does that mean like foundational skills or things that are missing like uh can you dig into that a little more yeah it's it is kind of like i don't want to drone on too much but <laughs> i guess when we look at um if i'll just kind of use the term from like cbt right looking at like our thoughts so cognitive behavioral therapy so like what types of like how do we how what does our self-talk look like maybe maybe i didn't get to the gym you know and my plan is to go three or four days a week and i, I skipped it right and i skip it and i kind of just feel like oh like here i am again i'm messing up um not meeting what I said, I you know I, I canceled my personal training session. And then like, here I am kind of feeling like I'm flubbing again, right. So it's like, people get into these thought patterns where like, they start to negatively critique themselves. Um, and so following up with checking in with like, what does your self talk look like? Um, behavioral strategies would mean something like, how do you take care of yourself? How are you eating? We ask those questions. I'm not a dietitian, but I'll say like, you know, are you eating and sleeping, you know, and that would be a certain type of foundational skill that it's going to be hard to access, you know, some of these personal wellness skills, if you're not starting off with getting a healthy amount of sleep, you know, if you're, if you're really kind of staying up, maybe you're, you know, drinking a little too, not, too much at night, and you're trying to get to work in the morning, and you're running on a little sleep, and then you're slamming coffee, and then now you're expecting yourself to go to the gym at five o'clock, like, we kind of got to start with what was happening yesterday to address what's happening at 5 p.m. today. So I think that's kind of what we mean by like foundational. It's like there's these things that can be really healthy for ourselves if we're paying attention to them, you know? Do, do you use like uh, smart goals in those aspects? Like where, like, can you, can you dive into that a little bit? I'm smiling because today's Friday. And in group therapy, every Friday I run a smart goals group. <laughs> wow, you got it. Here, here it is merging together right here. We know group next time, next yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, yes, um, I'm huge into goal setting. I will, so I mentioned that I do group therapy. I should also mention that my afternoons are all individual therapy too. So half my day is group therapy, half my day is individual therapy. I end my group sessions with goal setting and I end my individual sessions with goal, with, uh, goal setting. It'll look different kind of depending on the session or the day or that time of the week of what we're working on, but being really specific, right? Measurable, action-focused, realistic, and timely. The thing that has happened is like smart goals have creeped into like corporate world. So oh, people are like, oh, smart goals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay try to like just drop that for a second and but think about like what are we trying to achieve like tomorrow you know and being really specific with it like i want to be up and out of bed by 9 a.m because when i sleep till noon and i start my day halfway through the day like i don't feel so good you know come 3 p.m and i've only been awake for three hours you know i've kind of missed my day it's kind of like starting in the hole a little bit so setting a really specific goal for myself i want to be up by 9 a.m and I want to be maybe dressed and kind of right. And it's attainable. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Now, do you have each person do action steps as well for that smart goal? We try to break it down a little bit. Um, and if we need to, you know, we, we break them down further and we break them down further. So sometimes people will start and they'll set these, what feel like specific action focus, measurable kind of realistic stuff, but, and we got to kind of go back and take a step back and like break it down a little bit more and break it down just a little bit more. 
Um, so yeah, sometimes we tried to like really set like what would step one look like to kind of transition through your morning to get you up and out of bed. You know what what could you do? You know, people will say like, oh, I'll put my phone on the other side of the room. You know, mm -hmm. things like that, just to kind of help break down a barrier. So part of the other part of goal setting is anticipating obstacles. Like I know that when it, I'm like not a morning person, right? And so if I'm if I if I know that about myself, how do I set a goal around that rather than setting this really high expectation for myself, missing it, and then reinforcing this thought pattern like, here we go, I can't do anything right, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, breaking it down, coming back and like sometimes you gotta revisit those things more than once and yeah, make a couple steps. Yeah, I like that idea of like breaking it down. It's almost it's like a, a hierarchy, mm -hmm. right? It's like, okay, this one is, you know, maybe a little, I wouldn't say too far fetched, but maybe it's not the right time for that. Like mm -hmm. you take a step back, yeah, yeah. go down a little bit further. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So um do you see a lot of times where people are kind of overreaching with their action steps and you remember last podcast about the the pizza analogy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so just to kind of refresh everyone's mind on the pizza analogy, we talk a little bit about creating stretch goals, right? So stretch goals in line with smart goals, meaning I'm putting myself just outside of my comfort zone a little bit. Um, if I stretch too far, if I go too far out, again, I kind of rip the dough, right? So we want to knead the edges of the dough right until we have the full pizza ball spread out on the pizza pan um you can listen to the last one if that doesn't make a whole lot of sense no i totally get that okay. and i love pizza okay did you also work at papa john's too i did <laughs> i can eat pizza if everybody didn't hear the pizza analogy the first time they're like i got half of that yeah no, don't break well, it down well, clears the bell, clears the bell. <laughs> long story short is work your edges you know and i think we just want to set ourselves up to like have small wins and celebrate small wins too because that's important as well like did you do have you been out of sync and maybe you had this as a habit like two years ago or a year ago this is really good i think for like pre-pandemic thinking to like where people are now and i think that's the big thing people are like comparing themselves to like i was in this mode of functioning forever I got completely derailed, you know, maybe my, you know, working from home has thrown me off. I'm just not moving as much. I've like got out of this habit or that habit. Um, and so like really thinking about, okay, like how do I kind of walk my way back towards that? Maybe it doesn't happen all at once though. And to be so ambitious to, you know, make this plan that I'm going to arrive there all at once, I think is, you know, setting people up sometimes for failure. I, it, like Nick, uh, we mentioned this on a, a previous podcast, like people came out of COVID and they were like really excited to like do something different. And now Kara and I have talked about this, like we've, we've seen some parallels now that like things are transitioning out of like that, that shut down like period of time and people are comfortable going back to work, at least for the most part, I'm seeing old behavior pop up like old behavior that was broken to begin with where like maybe coming out of COVID people understood like, you know, I should take care of myself. I should do a better job of like giving myself a moment to breathe over the course of the day. Like all these, like we look at simple things, but maybe for them it was like very new. And then now that old routines are being put in place again and things are opened up, back up to almost full capacity people are like you know what i don't have time to breathe i don't have time to sleep i don't have time to eat i don't have time to work out i don't have time like i don't have time for any of it i just got i gotta work i gotta take care of my kids and i gotta do all this other stuff and then like they get to the point where wait a second i i was doing all of this and now i'm not and i feel like a failure and then like they have to deal with that and it's just it, it compounds and it gets to this like all or nothing like attitude like people are either doing it or they or they're not and there's like no sustainability to it because they can't find that middle ground you just described my last two weeks <laughs> but yeah it's, it's crazy man like these are 
these are things that like I see in the gym that again, maybe it's not quite like correct for a clinical setting, but I, I can tell there's a, you know, there's a gap like for, for a lot of folks as far as like them being able to control their behaviors and like self-analyze their emotions, their actions, things that they go through every day instead of just like forgetting about it. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I live that. I think there's so many of us that, that deal with that at some level or another. Uh, what are, I mean, what, what's the, uh, I don't want to say what's the answer, but like, where do we look? What's the, you know, what are the options? Good question. I, I think we, I think what we're doing right now, the three of the four of us, like together on this, like, this is what it's going to require is like, instead of things being siloed off and things being separate, I think we probably understand as well as any, like there's more gray area in the world than there is like black and white and teaming up and, and having these conversations helps to kickstart like different actions. And, uh, it's like, it's very easy for me to refer people to Kara and have her work with people that are, you know, in the gym. And, you know, the next step is going to be having people like Alex and other health or uh, other mental health professionals in around fitness environments. So people get more comfortable, you know, having their, you know, having their access to, you know, stuff that they felt like before, maybe it wasn't right for them, but then they can warm up to the idea because they see it more often. It's in an environment they're already comfortable. Yeah. I mean, more people go to the gym now than ever before in the history of the United States. But yet we still have this overweight problem and mental health problem. And there's more information being put out in the public about both than there ever was before. But yet we still have this going on. Like it becomes a, instead of an access issue, it becomes more of a, a messaging issue. And how do we get in front of people and how do we get people comfortable? I think it's up to people like us. Yeah. I, I, I mentioned to you guys before we started that I just, I actually did one today with a, another mental health professional. And I think the thing that came up with us was why is the, you know, like you, there's basic fitness standards of you need to get 30 minutes a day of exercise and cardio and this, right? Like there's national standards on what we expect why aren't there national education levels, national standards on like mental health strategies? Like you're talking about like goal, whether it's goal setting or looking at how to, you know, positive self-talk, whatever the strategy is, mm -hmm. where is it? Like, I, I mean, unless I talk to somebody like you, where do I get that information? Right. That's the, yeah. Um, there's, there's resources online. Sure. Um, I think there's some of the gold standards, I guess, of behavioral health stuff. Um, you know, part of it, I think, too, for so long, therapy is just kind of behind the curve a little bit on some things. You know, it was, it had this kind of misrepresentation that therapy meant like sitting on the couch and the old psychoanalyst, you know, Freudian kind of stuff for a long time. And do I have to process my whole history and those kinds of things? And you know, I think now as we're trying to make it more accessible, these standards are probably going to become a little bit more common. Like, I would say like even on social media, it seems like more people are talking about like what living with eight adult ADHD symptoms look like. You know, if you're experiencing this, like, you know, that it's, it becomes normalized a little bit more, you know, kind of same things with yeah. what you're saying about the conversation. Like the more people are talking about it, the more people are saying, here's what works for me. I think the more of this kind of standardized kind of way of working towards some of these really basic things but you know at the same time too getting people to do these things are also tough you know what yeah. i mean so i mean you can you refer back to the basics and i think for us it's always like you know breathing techniques or setting goals or meditation practice mindfulness work you've all heard that stuff i mean maybe it's not sitting on a list necessarily somewhere from like a like a government you know agency or something like that um, but you know, it's around, I think it's, it's becoming a little bit more easily accessible. 
why it's not kind of laid out so simple, I guess it's, it's hard to say. Maybe it's all those gray areas that, you know, we're trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to fill. Mm -hmm. So when somebody comes to you and says, you know, I can't do the, these things because of time, mm -hmm. what's usually the course of action there? It's, it's another one of those things too. It's like, it's like, that's like, what's the cure kind yeah. of thing, you know? It, it's so hard to say that until I think you actually get in front of somebody. I think it's the same thing as like, you know what your kind of like health standards are in your each individual disciplines, but it's not till you're sitting down with that person do you actually know where to begin. You know, yeah. you know your fundamentals uh, and you have your education, but every time you sit down with somebody, it's, it's a personalized experience. So for what works for somebody may not work for somebody else. And you have to modify exercises to try to reach yeah. some of these same types of goals. The same thing happens. And I think it takes sitting down with somebody who's like willing to really, I was, I say it's like a co-collaboration, you know, I toss out suggestions, ideas. You tell me I tried that, you know, I really it didn't really like jive with me or I didn't really like that. I didn't really find it to be helpful. It's, it's not for me to say like, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, well, let's try it a little bit differently or kind of reapproach it from this side of things. Um, maybe we can like revisit that later. Here's something else we can try. Um, so it's, it's, it's hard to really say like, if you're short on time, do these things. I think when you start sitting down with somebody and really kind of laying out like, here's all the areas I'm just having a really hard time with, you start prioritizing, okay, what's causing the most kind of impact and what's causing the most amount of distress or dysfunction right now. We'll start from there and kind of work our way backwards a little bit, so. Are there any techniques that you use if somebody's not really like ready to change? So there's so many things while you're saying with like, that are like, oh my God, it's like CBT and stuff. <laughs> and like, there's so many modes of theory too, like what you were yeah. saying. We actually have a, what's called stages of change theory. <laughs> so that means that any given point, somebody is in some type of stage of change, right? So even if they're not thinking about change, that's a stage of change, right? Even if they're like, yeah, I've heard of I love that running 5Ks, but <laughs> everyone's in a stage I've never, of change. I yeah, yeah. So it's like I've never I've never looked into it though. You know, I, I would never I would never go running, you know, or something like that. Um, so even that is a stage of change. It's much more resistant stage of change, but maybe people start like kicking around the idea a little bit, like, all right, yeah, I looked up like a couch to 5k program and doesn't sound too bad, or you know, now that I know you can walk while running, like that doesn't sound too bad, but I don't know if I can actually get outside to do that. Maybe I you know, just don't have the time. So that like research side of things, that's a stage of change. Um, until people like buy their first pair of shoes, you know, maybe they have a, you know, exercise clothes at home. They just haven't quite gotten to that step yet. That's a stage of change. So each one presents a new barrier to kind of break down until somebody's actually in motion, maintaining the, the, the stage of change, and then basically what we call like in a maintenance period, they've kind of sustained the change over time. And the important part of that too is in that stage of change, we account for relapse. So meaning somebody started running, somebody started working out for the first time, they've sustained it for two months and then they just kind of drop off. Okay, well now you know kind of how to work through those stages, you know, each step of the way, what got you through that the first time, you know, you have a, a depth of knowledge and data now because you've put yourself through that to work through these through again and get yourself back to like a maintenance stage. Mm -hmm. So basically that's like kind of us meeting people where, where they're at, you know, same with fitness levels, same with like mobility levels, you know, and then you just kind of work your way through it step by step. In theory, like once somebody goes through those stages and they relapse, it's a little bit easier to go yeah. through those stages again. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Interesting. And so many people see that is, uh, that's, it's funny. I have, you know, some folks in the gym that now that you're mentioning that they go through those stages of change, like quite often. Yeah. And they see that as failure. And that's like where, like, it almost like takes them deeper into a hole because mm -hmm. they see it as like, I'm failing. I'm not, I'm not able to stay consistent, but it's like, everyone's going to relapse on something. Yeah. Like you're going to have a piece of cake again, or you're going to have a you know, you're going to have something to eat that you, you know, you probably shouldn't, mm -hmm. but like going through those stages of change, but 
when they have that piece of cake, they're like, I failed. Yeah. You know, what, what am I doing? Yeah. The other access to that. So would be in, in CBT. And this is good for everyone to research. I would suggest everyone to look this up. You don't need a therapist to like sit down and walk you through these, but there's what we call common cognitive distortions. So it means basically there's these fallacies sometimes that are really unhelpful in our constructs of thinking. Black and white thinking is one of those constructs. So meaning that if I didn't, you know, complete this to 100%, really rigid, right? So if I didn't complete this to 100%, I've, I've now, I'm in the category of failing, where really it's more of these kind of like building on progress. You know, you, you fall back, but you have all this momentum of knowledge of what it means to come to the gym for two months. You can use that as a reference point. You know, what was helpful? Well, I was going to bed a little bit earlier, or I was tracking food, or I wasn't, you know, going to the grocery store when I was hungry, you know, all those things that, you know, you knew were helpful. We get back on that and we kind of build off of that again and, and move ourselves forward. So again, thinking about using our thinking styles to work on our behavior change too, you know? Yeah. So self-talk. Yeah. Self-talk yeah. is a big part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not to, I don't want to use this as a divert, but it's crazy because a lot of these things that you're saying, you just see within like the marketing industry of the various emails that you get after you look something up and they just kind of chip away at you until you finally buy it. <laughs> but that's for a different podcast. <laughs> the, the psychology of marketing. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. I was going to, I was going to ask Alex, what stage of change is it where you have to buy all the things before you can start? Like preparation. Preparation. Yeah. It's a stage of change. So pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. So meaning that Pre-contemplation is like, it's not, it's not on my radar. Contemplation is like, eh, I'm kind of thinking about it. Maybe I'll do it someday. Preparation is like, I'm buying all the stuff for it. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. But way up here with that. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually, yeah, action and then, and then maintenance. So preparation is a dangerous one. Yeah. <laughs> we stole out a little bit. We, that's what we're telling ourselves that we're going to change. And then we have like, yeah, oh, we have like a full one, like, and everyone's timeline is so all over the place. Mm -hmm. Like that's mm -hmm. what's interesting. Yeah, I oh, yeah. can see that. I love. Oh, as I was say, I love the idea of like, you've learned what doesn't work. Type of an idea. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah, this didn't work, but man, I learned a lot because that sucked and it didn't work out for me. So now I got to revamp it just a little bit. Um, yeah. So part of that is what we call to using a growth mindset. Um, a fixed mindset would say like. I have these limited set capabilities, right? Like I, I, I either have it or I don't, right? And I think people kind of fall into that category. I'm either, yeah. I'm either this type of person or I'm not. When really, if we use like a growth mindset, like can I use my skills and abilities to kind of grow my opportunities to try to get there over time? So learning like what doesn't work for me is a way of kind of growing into this skill set. Like, for example, I was talking to my buddy that owns the bike shop and he was saying like he's like it's kind of amazing i learned how to be a bike mechanic he's like i'm i'm not a mechanical minded person he's like but you know i had to kind of learn that i'm like my mind kind of leans towards like a different style of thinking um so but he had to like grow into that skill set and i think that can be kind of used in a lot of other areas too you know just mm -hmm. that's cool stuff yeah. is there stuff you use Aaron along those lines like I'm sure you see people that are in it hard for three months and they drop off and then they oh yeah it's I mean I'd be lying if I said we saw that occasionally we see we see it a lot like we right. we see every week um I see it with people that have been working with me for years they go through these cycles um and you know it's it's a very, like what Alex said, a very fixed mindset of, hey, I'm not at this point yet, so I'm failing. Um, so I, I, I call it all or nothing, but um, yeah, it, it's very, it, it's, it's tough for them to be successful long-term and what they see as success because their goal is so, like their expectation is so high for themselves. Yeah. Um, and because of that, like every little thing that may not be perfect is a failure, at least in their mindset. Um, 
so a lot of what I do is highlight like the things that they do really well. Uh, you know, if they're making it into the gym consistently, that's, I mean, they're a hell of a lot better off doing that than not coming to the gym at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know what, if they're struggling with their mental health or they're struggling, you know, maybe with their diet, the fact that they have, you know, the movement piece that is, that's huge. And that's a huge win. Um, but even that for some people, it gets swept under the rug when, you know, maybe they're in a rough patch or it's that time of the year, January, February, March tends to be really dark mm -hmm. for folks. Uh, so I see a lot of people struggle um, with, you know, what they feel like is success to themselves through those like months of, of January, February, March, yeah. where temperatures are cold, it's dark, they're coming into the gym, but they're not feeling like really good about themselves. It's kind of just like maintenance mode. Mm -hmm. um, so they don't feel like they're making any progress. And to, to those folks that, are, that have that very fixed mindset, it's you see it right away when they walk in the doors mm -hmm. that everything's just weighing on them. Uh, everything feels heavy. Uh, and then when things start getting brighter, they like clean things up a little bit. All of a sudden the world is a completely different place. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I saw <clears throat> Gary, you, anybody watch Gary V's crazy stuff, his marketing stuff, Gary Vaynerchuk. I've seen some of his stuff. Yeah. Anyway, he's, he's always preaching patience, right? He's always like talking about patience. I got to be patient with things. And, and he said something on one of, you know, he's got a ton of snippets, but something about like, if you're going 24 seven at something, like it's going to happen faster. Um, but if you only have so many hours to devote towards it, like you're still making progress towards that goal. You just got to be more patient with it. Cause it's not going to happen as fast. Mm -hmm. And it made some sense to me, right? Like if all you're focusing on is one thing, you're going to, you're going to crush that thing. But like the reality is there's times where life isn't going to let you focus on that one thing. So trying to just be like, all right, I'm still making progress on that goal. It's just not as fast as maybe I want it to be, yeah. but taking comfort in the fact that it's because I got 15,000 other things happening. Right. Like, Are there good exercises to create, you know, that self-awareness and mindfulness? Yeah. You know, there's, y'all are kind of speaking of so many things that like we talk about that I think are really important. Um, but you, you asked if there's things to, to help with, sorry, say it again. Like mindfulness, self-awareness. So you can, I mean, cause that's something that you would have to like actually be aware of yourself to make those changes. Yeah. You know, I think like a little bit of like taking inventory, you know, and recognizing that, like, like you said, that I, because of that, I'm, you know, I'm grateful that I've able to dedicate time to my family or that like I've been able to, you know, go to work and it's really kind of this balanced approach, but, you know, I think mindfulness, yeah, is a great way of, of kind of recognizing that um, and just kind of generally just checking in with yourself and again, kind of comes back to this like self-talk um, because all of that kind of critique on trying to get there as fast as possible is this kind of like tunnel vision focus of life because you know how long can you do that and what does that look like sustainably i think you, you're going to burn yourself out you know or neglect some other type of priority and you know so i think eventually having some way to to just kind of check in with yourself and, and think a little bit about you know what's going on and how you kind of dedicate your time to all these really important things how do you have people help choose like what that what those priorities look like in terms of, I guess, organizing? You know, we'll kind of just talk it through um, and ask a little bit about that. And that's, you know, from my side of things is really kind of putting a little bit of control into like um, a, a client's needs or a patient's needs, right? Um, so kind of saying, you know, what would you like to work on? What do you feel like is most important right now? And, you know, people can usually tell you that. Um, if I say like, that's, you know, we might be neglecting a little something over here. That's my job to kind of reflect back and say like, well, you know, that will let's definitely focus on that. But it seems like this could use a little bit of, um, you know, attention to, you know, that might be my job to kind of step in and say that. But we kind of just create an individualized, you know, roadmap, basically, by sitting down and, and working through it a little bit. Meeting people where they're at, like you said. Yeah. 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 Patience, like more patience, less burnout is mm. is what i've seen like with, with with folks at least in the gym like the more patient people tend to be 
the less they burn themselves out mm-hmm. or the like their fuse is not as short. One thing we talk about a lot in treatment, um, and I think it's great what you had mentioned, like showing people their wins, you know, mm-hmm. coming in to the gym because it's part of like a routine that they built for themselves because getting movement is important and helping people to realize that I think is, is really good. So I think that's awesome that you're doing that. Um, but progress is what we call sometimes a sawtooth progression. So basically kind of looking at it, like there's ups and downs. You look at stuff over the course of a month, you know, you're going to have dips on certain weeks or certain weekends or, you know, certain months and things like that. But if you're patient with it, you know, which way is the sawtooth data trending though, you know, and it's not going to be like an airplane taking off, you know, that would kind of show us that you had some flawless execution and in, in lifestyle change, right? Which is just not common. Um, but if you look at it as like little blips, um, you know, maybe you had a hard day, maybe you had a small slip, but that routine of coming back to it over and over again, lends itself to progress over time, like sustained progress over the course of like, you know, months. And we use that a lot in substance use treatment. You know, people try to get sober and have a hard time with it. Maybe they sustain it for a little while and then they kind of fall off, but coming back to it and the more they kind of repeat this pattern of building in this kind of muscle memory of lifestyle change or exercising these strategies or kind of reducing um, cravings and, you know, trigger management and all that stuff, you learn how to pull in all these skills. It's not usually just one thing. It's a lot of layered skills like that eventually merge together for this significant behavior change to to occur so you know that's a good thing for people who are like you know struggling to to reduce or um you know abstain from from substances is that you know coming back to this and repeating it over time is important because eventually we kind of find ourselves at this stage of really achieving that new behavior it's so cool you mentioned roadmap because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's exactly what people don't have. And, and it's no fault of it, it. It's not their fault, but we don't have a roadmap of how to navigate our mind and our body. Like mm-hmm. everyone is different. They were built differently. They grew up differently. So like navigating our thoughts is challenging, but like, I think in order for people to get a sustainable change in their health or mental health, like they need to know how to navigate their thoughts. So um, I feel like journaling has gotten a lot more popular recently. Is that something that you typically advocate for when you're, you know, trying to, because you're also talking about like those data points and mm-hmm. following, following things over time. Yeah. Sometimes journaling turns into, again, this another thing I have to like do perfectly. You know, I, yeah. I, I started this new change of journaling and now I got to do it every night and oh no, I haven't journaled for three nights and that's supposed to be my tool to make yeah. me feel better, <laughs> you know? So um I would say with any of this, start with self-compassion, you know, allow yourself to like be human. We call it like in behavioral health services, you know, your very human experience of trying to like navigate your life, right? Um, journaling has been, I think, extremely helpful for a lot of people. We, we use it as actually like a skills group. We teach people how to journal, mm-hmm. you know, and that's we, cool. so basically like, you know, people will sit there and think they have to kind of right and you know this like very extravagant deep thoughts you you don't have to dig deeper you don't have to necessarily tap into some subconscious or something like that you know write down what's happening right now you know write down what happened throughout the day um you use it as an opportunity to use like positive self-talk like practice using some statements that you know could be really helpful in in setting some intentions for yourself you know today went well, or today was hard, but I was able to do blank, you know, a couple statements like that, like that can be great, you know. How often do you think people should go back and read through past and journal entries? Is that, is that a thing? It, it depends. Yeah, it depends. I guess, you know, what are, what's, what's the need that you're trying to get met in there? If it's just interesting to kind of look back and observe change, I think absolutely. Um, if it becomes a place to kind of, uh, reintroduce you know perhaps some an unhelpful or unhealthy state of mind you know then maybe not um but you know i think to kind of look back on progress and change i think can be really helpful yeah did kara did you did you read matthew mcconaughey's book the green lights book 
anybody no, read? No, not. It's. A, I mean, it's basically his book on journaling. Oh, okay. I That's the one that you told me to read. That I yeah, we, we had that conversation. I journaled about it. I would remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a really good book. Like I, I enjoyed it. Um, Is there anything that like stood out to you? Uh, so he said a little bit of what you just said. Like uh, it's called Green Lights because he wanted to document when things were going well, what was going well, so that he could reflect on that. And then the red lights were like when he was down. Um, mm -hmm. But then he would go back to read his green light moments as like kind of a pick me up or a, or a whatever. So um, whatever. The how did he differentiate? It was just his life story, basically. Um, but like. He would tell you a story about when he was down and then when he was up the chapter would end with green light you know and matthew mcconaughey's accent and, and whatever because it's him reading it you know um <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. like that whole story of how that happened and how it was just kind of like he just improvised it and then all of a sudden he became known for that and you know it's just a very interesting book um but to to your point alex i was like oh i'm gonna journal and i did it one morning and one, one evening and i was like i'm never gonna do this again today i am journaling <laughs> Tara really pissed me off today i bought the i bought three new journals today <laughs> I mean, nick you can you guys you're 100 you're 100 man one for one yeah. <laughs> but now you know what works and maybe what doesn't work for you i'll do it in the morning try at night <laughs> he said something he his quote was i write things down so i can forget them right because you won't be on your mind you can just go back and look at it and that's these are your tasks for the next day and i was like oh that's great and it was nice but yeah i didn't make it far through yeah yeah i mean couple of things in there. One, um, we use journaling as an element of what we call catharsis. So if you just need to get it out, journaling can be great, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of just sit down, get words out and, and just kind of like really get stuff off your chest. So catharsis, and then maybe that's like a throwaway though too. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you want to go back and read that, you know, the next yeah. day? It might just be, the, the point of it might be just to kind of like get it out and purge it a little bit, you know? So that might be helpful to just toss it afterwards, you know, and maybe that's relevant. Um, but you had mentioned like kind of green lights and red lights. One of our journaling prompts too that we use is red flags and green flags. You know, how do I, that's part of that, I think, learning a little bit, having, I guess, that increased sense of self-awareness is what does things look like? What do things look like in my life when they're going wet? You know, when I'm doing blank things, you know, what does that look like to me? And that you list that, that would be your green, flags like these are the markers of you know things are kind of trending in the right direction and my red flags and when my red flags outweigh my green flags maybe it's time to ask for help you know it can interesting it that's a good way to look almost at it. like a positive and negative stroke thing like emotional bank account yeah 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 it's really interesting yeah i mean that sounds very similar to kind of his overall message kind mm -hmm. of as as he tells the story it was it was an interesting read I like the bank account slash sawtooth analogy uh, that you used as well. Like, um, I think of like investing in banks, right? Like, if you got a lot of money and you're putting a lot of money in, you get bigger growth, but there's going to be times where you can't put that money in. But as long as you're kind of chipping away, it's not mm -hmm. going to, the growth isn't going to happen as fast, but you're still kind of making progress. And, you know, that's how do you, how do you circle back so that you keep making progress? That's the, you don't lose, you don't just completely derail. Um, are there strategies that you use for people when they're, let's use the term off the wagon? Yeah. Um, so we just kind of take, again, that's like a good opportunity to just gather information before we go into like problem solving mode. It's just like, all right, what's, what's going on? You know, what led up to that moment where, you know, things kind of just fell off for you. And, you know, maybe people are focused on this thing that they're not doing well, but maybe if we just kind of take a step back and we'll say like, well, you know, two months ago, my relationships at home got a little rocky, you know, maybe that's a place to kind of start and talk a little bit about that. You know, if somebody's just kind of really fallen off a little bit, it's just, I always say, go back to basics. You know, what are the small things that we can start with to eventually scale back up? 
So like, how do we re-enter and transition back into these things without feeling like we have to do it all at once? Like saying like, maybe you got out of the habit of savings, you know, saving money, right? I mean, like <laughs> that 20 bucks aside, you know, if you really want to put it in terms of like a bank account, you know, that, that can be the same thing. Um, until you kind of get back into feeling like you're comfortable to, you know, putting in a little bit more. And then again, it's the same thing. You just kind of find ways to transition and scale back into it. So we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but sometimes the best way to start that is having those difficult conversations. Because a lot of times that's, that's the biggest barrier is like, there's a lot of different limitations because you don't quite want to confront any of them. Yeah we stay in that place of avoidance for a really long time. We're kind of almost rushing over that whole thing because now we're like in the work mode. Um, but people often suffer in silence for a long time. You know, they kind of stay in the space of, they know it's like circling around them, you know, in this like mm -hmm. orb of like frustration, you know, before it finally kind of lands. And maybe that eventually is like a, a tipping point. You know, yeah. somebody's just like, I, I really just need to, talk to somebody about this and if it's a professional or you know maybe a partner or somebody at home again it can be hard to to begin to address it you know i think that's that's like an avoidance thing that can be really hard to work with yeah that that's one that i see often like in the gym environment is avoidance mm -hmm. so it can be it can be tough really tough for people that you know for a while maybe they've been struggling with something or you know, and all of a sudden, like something clicks and you can't explain like what it, what the catalyst was, but it, it just finally, you know, like you said, landed upon them and they're like, hey, I just want to I want to start something different or I want to do something different. I want to talk to somebody. And that's, you know, a lot of times that's the state in which people come in to, to see me is mm -hmm. it's finally hit them that they need to make a shift. Um, but again, like a lot of this is completely up to the individual. Like the, it has to like hit them first before they can make a change for themselves. Yeah. Well, as we, as we start to wrap up, what are either Alex or Aaron, what are actionable things that people can do kind of as a baseline to maybe check in with themselves or to start to work towards a goal? Like what are some, quick actionable things that people can do as they're starting to make that commitment to something. I leave that up to you, man. You know, I, I think again, thinking about what, not putting things necessarily in this like ideal category of like, ideally I'm this degree of like perfect or something like that. But just kind of starting realistically and, and recognizing that, okay, maybe we just start at one thing and we ask ourselves like, you know, where do I need to just kind of like tighten up a little bit and I can work on these things over time, but what really feels most important to me or feels most disruptive to me. And if, it, if you're having a hard time doing that on your own, um, my biggest thing, and if, if I'd like to kind of end on anything is ask for help. You know, I have I have t-shirts that say ask for help. I have cycling caps that say ask for help. <laughs> People are on their own island thinking that their experience is unique to them and they don't know how many other people have experienced nearly some degree of these same types of situations. So, you know, having just, I think that kind of more normalized realization that like, you're not the only one that's felt like that at any given point in your life and you know it's okay to kind of sit down and just you know put the guard down and just start somewhere you know it doesn't have to be again like this big idea of what change looks like you know it's just sit down and just start somewhere and wherever you started with yourself is is good you know it's it's healthy yeah i like that a lot how do, where do people go like you say ask for help and, and, you know, I listen to this or I'm thinking about things I could use help with. How do I pick a provider? How do I, what do I search for? What do I, you know, mm -hmm. what do I type uh, into Google? Yeah. <laughs> Psychologist near me. Uh, <laughs> um, and here's the other thing I'd like to say too, I don't mean to get to talk about it too much, but 
it's okay to sit down with a counselor and feel like this person's not a good fit for me. Like there's no hurt feelings on our side. If somebody comes and sees me for a few sessions and say like, listen, our, our styles are just, or, you know, this is just not a good match. That's fine. That is absolutely fine. So don't be afraid to try again. You know, if you sought counseling services, it wasn't a good fit. Try somewhere else, you know, try something else. Um, Google counselors, social workers, you know, psychologists near me, anybody who accepts your insurance. Um, and then talk to your um, primary care physicians. All, there's, they've done a wonderful, we have a lot of healthcare access in our area, thankfully. Um, and a lot of those providers have been linked up with, again, all those different types of mental health workers. They can get you in and uh, get you scheduled sometimes right there in that office. Can, you know, if you're if your yearly physical, you know, bring it up. This is our bias because most of our clients don't have primary care providers, like, or or they have them and they haven't seen them in who knows when. So, yeah. do you need a primary care referral to? No, not at all. It's, most cases, people have a primary care set up somewhere, you know, even if you haven't seen them in a, in a few years or whatever. Um, so I would say that's like sometimes your easiest office to get into to start talking about these things. Um, you can Google anyone on the line and see if they take your insurance and, um, and start talking to somebody. There's a lot of agencies in the area. There's a lot of private practices in the area, group practices, um, anything from large healthcare institutions all the way down to one person who rents one office and you can go see them wherever they set up. <laughs> or right now, this is a kind of product of COVID, virtual visits are a huge thing. Um, honestly, BetterHelp is a really great organization. Um, they offer counselors in the state that you're in. Um, they set up telehealth appointments. You know, you can text them or, um, basically write an email or set up uh, phone calls or video conferences with them. Um, and it's a subscription-based service for mental health work. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, what's the cost of something like this? It may be, you know, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think that's kind of like a, there's like a sliding scale depending on what services you choose, I think. Um, but that's, a, that's honestly not a bad place to start. Um, but really you can, there's, there's a lot of different things I think Google can probably offer you. Then you'll probably get your targeted ads for better help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like getting emails from them. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else that we want to finish up with? Anything else you want to add, Aaron, Kara? No? Oh, man. Like, this is, uh, I mean, this is just cool stuff. Uh, I agree. I don't know what else to say other than the fact that, like, for years, this has been lacking, and I, I finally feel like the last few years, this is all starting to come together. It, just like anything else, it's going to take a lot of time. Um, but the fact that like the four of us are having this conversation means that the world's moving in yeah. Yeah. a better direction. Thank you. Yeah. I really liked your point on uh, essentially like shopping, for, <laughs> la for lack of a better term, for your therapist. I mean, that's that's not something that is typically thought of. Yeah, you think like this is like the person I tried and then therefore if it's not a good fit, yeah. counseling's not a good fit. Mm -hmm. You remember back in the day you had your favorite teachers that they just taught in a style or manner that- That's the old vibe well. Yeah, you just yeah. like that That person was cool. I like taking their class. Same thing with counseling. I think when you feel like you're getting something out of it, you're like engaged with it, that's a good sign that you're, you know, maybe in the right place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like that. Very cool. Alex, where, if people want to work with you, where can they find you? I was just saying, I can't plug uh, my actual place because um, I work in a large institution. So I don't have a media release or anything like that. I'm allowed to plug. Um, but if you need Google, a, Google them. You're going to send me an email and say, what, what happened? Uh, no, I, I, I would say I'm booked up anyway, so um, <laughs> probably take a little while to get in. But anyways, just put a Google search in into your area and start there and or again, start with your primary care physician. 
both good places to work but yeah maybe i can plug that in later time though sorry <laughs> sorry that was cagey <laughs> sometimes yeah all right, we get it we get it all right guys well hey i really appreciate it like like Aaron was saying this is it's cool to have these conversations and if the mental stuff isn't isn't dialed in then nothing else goes as well as it should so um and i, and I love aaron that quote i actually typed it as you said it um, more patience less burnout i i think that's in today's world of everything happening right now right like if we can figure out how not to do that so gonna journal it tonight I contributed. <laughs> right. I did my journaling. I typed it out. I wrote one sentence. <laughs> what can I say? These things just, I don't know. They just come to me. There's a lot rattling around upstairs. I'm, I'm looking forward to your to your book, your release. Oh, God. <laughs> movie quotes. There's not going to be good angles. Yeah, I could. I could Every write chapter a whole, is just going to be the We title could write a whole book, book using movie quotes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just got to be the start of the chapter. Yeah. 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 I'm sure we can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I just plotted it for you. All right, guys. Have a good evening. Um, thanks again. This was fun. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Bye, Nick. Thanks for watching and supporting the channel. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Let us know in the comments below what you liked, what you disliked, what you'd like to hear more of, and any questions we can help answer. We appreciate your support, and we look forward to seeing you on the next one.